Welcome back to Basic Brain Heart, the show where we celebrate and interrogate creatives of all stripes. I'm Hannah Camacho, coming at you live from my glamorous walk-in closet studio. <laughs> Guys, let me tell you what. Today, we have a goddess of the creative world on the show. I look up to her so much. We have award-winning illustrator Iris Compete on the show. If you have not heard of her, do yourself a favor and go to the show notes right now. Check out her Instagram, her website, her Patreon. You will not regret it. This woman, I she's got otherworldly uh, powers, which of course I know she's very humble about them and, and talks quite a bit about how much hard work and blood, sweat, and tears really she's poured into honing her craft. Um, I first became aware of Iris um, last year at Lightbox. I saw this incredible woman walking around the showroom floor with the most gorgeous hair. And I was like, who is that? And, and then I ended up seeing her tagged in a couple posts from artists that I really admired and, and was glad because then I could put a name to a face and um, sort of checked out her work and was absolutely dumbfounded and couldn't believe that I hadn't heard of her yet. And I was so thrilled to get to see her work and follow her journey she is such a warm, generous, genuine human being. And I was just so grateful when she said she'd spend a few minutes letting me ask her many questions. And um, I know you're gonna enjoy today's episode as much as I did listening to her talk. Iris is the creator of Fairies of the Fault Lines. And I absolutely love that her fairies are so organic and real and scary and beautiful and everything that I, I always want fairies to be. And if you are curious about her work or you want to learn a little bit from her, she does have a new schoolism course called The Fairy Workout, which we've linked to in the show notes. Also, you're going to hear us talk a little bit about the recent Twitch stream that she and Lois did together for Lightbox, which I've watched twice and got so much out of it. Trust me, it's well worth your time. Um, if, you're, if you've got some imposter syndrome going on or you're just feeling really discouraged about your own journey, check that out. It's in the show notes. Okay. You're not here to hear me talk, so I'm going to get out of the way here. And without further ado, enjoy today's episode with illustrator Iris Compete. Iris, I am so thrilled. I've been, I've been talking to all my artist friends this week about this conversation, and they can't wait to listen in. So <laughs> thank you for taking some time to, to allow me to pepper you with questions today. You're very welcome. Good. It's good stuff. By the way, how is the whole pandemic on your side of the pond right now? How's it treating Shit. you? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, the, yeah, the numbers. Well, America is, um, is pretty much the worst in the world. It's I, true. I, 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 I should have gone to the U.S. a week ago. And, uh, like, I should have gone to the U.S. in June, July, end of August. Not August. September and then October so I didn't go any of those times and to be honest you couldn't pay me for <laughs> that's you know I, as someone who lives here I don't blame you <laughs> I love I love my friends I love nature that I love so much about it um I just don't love certain things happening <laughs> It, we're on fire. We're yeah. The pandemic is out of control. You're not wrong. <laughs> but it's, it's, there's trouble everywhere. This I is, mean, this the is Netherlands true. is uh, people are just. I find myself in a high risk category. I have a heart condition, so um, you know that's scary. Uh, and I haven't gone out 
since March, pretty much. Like January, end of January was my final trip to Brian and Wendy Froud um, to talk about Dark Crystal and stuff. And they're friends, friends of mine. So I saw Alan and, and, and some of my other friends. And so it was really great. Uh, at least, I mean, it was a good trip. That was my final trip. <laughs> Since then, I haven't been outside much other than going to the, the, my personal trainer and um, grocery shopping. And grocery shopping stopped as well because I'm, I'm ordering in everything because I'm not dealing with idiots. Like, <laughs> stay that has it been hard for you to, to stay put or has it actually been yeah, um, something you like? Yeah, I'm true, not... true. This is my... This, this is, is your like, domain. what I do. If, if, if there were Olympics, I would be definitely on that stage of the number three people doing this. I, you know, this, I've got this down to, this is an art in itself. Um, but it... It does get to you, I, like everybody else. You, I, I personally, I live in a in a development area. Like it's it's all houses. There's not a lot of green. There's there's hardly any trees around. You know, so I that's what I miss. I miss nature. I miss the ruggedness of nature and just you know have that freedom. And the Netherlands is really small, and everybody um, just stays home and goes out now in the Netherlands which is like it's too crowded people go I want to enjoy this space go away <laughs> not only everybody goes to Spain and Italy and France and during the holidays and now they're staying at home and I'm like what the fuck go away <laughs> but the, the COVID cases have been rising we are officially in our second wave yeah, so it's uh, but people are still denying things and still being stupid and don't yeah it's luxury I mean it's luxury um, uh, like going on holiday there's tons of people that can't go on holidays and go on vacations or go to or take trips and stuff like that they are always at home they can't afford to and here we are being spoiled little brats because we have to stay at home it's not like we're locked up or anything it's just it's better to stay away from people you know and we're all everybody's just complaining about that and it's just i'm i'm like you know we had a world war ii and a lot of people had to you know be safe and and indoors and like look at Anne frank None of these bitches would be able to do what Anne Frank did to stay quiet Absolutely and hit cheers. Like, like, you're all doomed. You're all right. doomed. It's all perspective. And it's like, yeah, it's tough, but come on, there's, there's worse things. And, um, yeah. Love so, my first batch of questions here are really just kind of for fun, just to kind of get a sense of who Iris is on a day to day basis and how you think and move through the world. The first one being when you want to sort of chill out, which I'm sure you've had a lot of time. Well, maybe not a lot of time um, during the pandemic because you've been very busy. <laughs> but kept myself busy. <laughs> but like if 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 things get really stressful and you know you need to relax a little bit to kind of get in the right headspace, what do you do to set that tone? Um, I I I sketch. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, perfect. I, I, I'm really boring because um, 
you know, I, I, I always tend to want to make things and everything I do is basically done without expectations of making something awesome. I just want to make things. So it's the act of making that's more important to me. Um, so my, my, my ways of, um, relaxing is just uh, um, grabbing some some clay and just start sculpting and you know sometimes it ends up as something that I want to create like uh, create into a, a statue or a wall hanger or something and you know that's nice because I can earn a little money from it um, and I sometimes I like to game um, play video games because I never grow up that's perfect and um um, next up here we have if you had to screen every new person that came into your life with one question before deciding whether or not you were going to spend significant time with them what would that question be and this is a it's it's a bit of a i don't know it's a a tricky one i think it would be i i'm not sure if i i i have a question at hand i would ask them something that would tell me how how good of a person they are like how well they would treat others or treat beings that are less or less than them you know how would they treat animals or nature or act a certain way i'd rather not have people that are disrespectful or uh, treat other people with um yeah with any less kindness than they would want to be treated so I think it, it's something like that. Like I, I would definitely screen them for decency, you know, and you know, and and they need a good sense of humor, which is which is obviously up to debate because what is a good sense of humor? And for me, that's anything that people who like bottom, the young ones, and Monty Python. That's a good sense. Yes. Of humor. I mean, right there. That's, that's full stop <laughs> you're good you're golden so yeah if it's American Pie I'm, I'll be like eh. maybe not my flavor of humor yeah <laughs> totally I love that and the reason that I, I like this question with friends and with people that I, I look up to is because it's so interesting to see what they value most in, in people that they spend time with and that's beautiful kindness respect can't get better yeah, than that. If somebody isn't willing to to treat somebody else or or an animal or some or just a re- it doesn't have to be big gestures. I mean, if 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 it means you can give somebody five dollars and help them uh, with food or uh, paying a get, paying a bill in a supermarket or whatever, if if that that's it, that's that's. A, decent thing to do if you can spare that um help others if if you're willing to do that even if it's you know taking a picture of a couple in a park and and just they're asking you could you take a picture yes that phone is covered in germs and it's like at covid risk but you know you have disinfectants and just wash your hands afterwards but take the damn picture i mean it's simple and you make people happy it's simple gestures of of Helping. It's beautiful. Love it, girl. That's it. Right on. What compliment means the most to you when you hear it? Oh, there's so many. Um, 
so one of the most important compliments I've gotten was from Brian Froud. Um, absolutely. He, 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 he's basically, he and Alan are basically the reason I haven't got a steady paying job. So, you know, um, but even though that, that having Brian and tell me that I was, I managed to, to take ferries and just, um, put myself in it and just push it further. That's, that's huge. Um, but for me, one of the biggest compliments I've gotten was actually from somebody who backed my Kickstarter as well uh, and sent me an email uh, to tell me that I gave her her childhood back. And for me, it's those those things those the, because that is such a big thing to to be able to do with your own to have somebody who is. I don't know how old she was, but to be able to go back to when you were a child and when you were happy, um, I think that's the biggest compliment I could ever get. Or, you know, I have people telling me that my art helped them go work through some really tough situations with abuse and stuff like that. So that's that's the you know that's the reason why I do art. Like, myself first and foremost of course because I need to do it otherwise it's like not being able to go to the bathroom you get constipated <laughs> yes really uncomfortable uh, same with art if I can't do art I that's that's that I'll turn into a monster um well when when your art is is touching people on a different level and giving them hope um that the best compliment and of course really cool when Guillermo del Toro tells you your art is like I mean (laughs) the ultimate (laughs) the master himself please now now let me like let's do a dark fairy tale movie together please yes but put it out there (laughs) it's gonna happen I believe it it (laughs) okay stop putting it out there (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. I love it. What is something that you feel you do differently from most people? Is there does it does anything come to mind? I'm not sure if I do things differently, um but I've had a quite a, quite a rough go at the start. Um I used to be like I used to be in a wheelchair when I was younger. From age 11 till age 16, I was completely bound to a wheelchair. I couldn't do, I couldn't walk, couldn't do anything. And the only thing I could do was draw. I, the only hand that was still working was my right hand, which was, you know, that was a good thing. Um, and I was in pain 24-7 for five, six years. Um, and that was rough. But, you know, I learned so much from that period. And uh, my main thing is actually that because I've I've gone through that and, and we all have something that shape, shapes us in our past. Um, because of that, I, I tend to really enjoy 
the little thing, things because I I wasn't supposed to walk ever again. I wasn't supposed to, you know, be here even. Um, so all these little things are so big all of a sudden. Like every single thing is just I try to enjoy it. I feel sometimes. I mean, I I, I whine about stupid stuff. I mean, I'm human. I can't help. But sometimes you get this 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 realization that um, um, even the small things are beautiful, like just watching the rainfall, or you know, after a heat spell, or um, the the utter joy I had just recently when I saw a, a, um, a special butterfly in my garden, and I just stood there for five minutes watching that butterfly. Or when you walk into uh, an area and there's a, a classical musician playing in a public space, that's just those moments are golden. And it's so easy to rush past all of that and just not enjoy it. And I think I learned to enjoy those mm. teeny, tiny things. So maybe that. She stops and smells the roses. I did not know that about your story. That is so interesting. And one thing that I really, really, I loved tuning into the Twitch stream that you and Lois did, um, taking us all through your old art (laughs) and up to today. And and, uh, I can only imagine that that was a helpful escape for you at that time. Um, Dang, girl. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't walk and, and I I didn't have many friends because uh, not a lot of people understood what I was going through. Um, mm. So I was, fantasy was my, my, um, my way, yeah, was my way of escaping, literally. Mm. And um, so I know how important it is to have that escape. Um, yeah, and, and by the way, that, that interview, that Twitch thing is still online. If people want to spend three hours of their life watching cringeworthy art and, and hear Lewis and my, I myself talk about all, all the things we drew. And it's, 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 I mean, there's some treasures in there. There I, are. It's well worth your time. We're going to link yeah. to it in the description for sure. So good. Yeah. Speaking of you and Lois, um, she was on the show not too long ago and adore her. Do you find that, that the community uh, surrounding you, the artistic community, is really supportive and easy to connect with? Because there are pockets, at least in America, where it's really hard to break into the artistic communities and kind of their personas. And you go to places like Lightbox, where it feels different for the most part, where everybody's just there because they just love art and they just want to soak it I... up together and learn. Lightbox is amazing. Like I was there last year, and it felt like one big, great big family. And I found myself just sketching in the lobby of the hotel with uh, Alan Williams and Greg Manchez and Ian McKeg and Carla Ortiz, and I was like, "Oh fuck, I need to sketch." <laughs> oh, dudes, I haven't slept for quite some time. I very big jet lag and I need to sketch now (laughs) they're watching um but all those people are just friends they're wonderful they none of them have any like that's what I found that none of those people who have actually gotten somewhere or accomplished something have this status of I'm too good for you 
none of them have it. Like not even not even Brian Froud. And we're talking Brian Froud or Ellen Lee. They're amazing artists. Like some of the best. They're like, come on. Uh, but none of them have this. I'm too good for you. Um, so why do that should teach us all something? Yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> it's just, oh, that's fantastic. The, the thing I always say is like when uh, because a lot of young younger artists um, um, are afraid to to approach uh, established artists and ask them something. Um, and they they tend to take up a role of submission and like oh that, that's all that's that's all um, and I always tell them you know they also fart under the covers don't don't you I mean because in the end I'm sorry to be so crass <laughs> that is so true in the end, everybody has farted under the duvet covers once in their life and when you think about that. It all of a sudden comes really like, oh yeah, that pedestal just crumbles away because it's there's no sense in putting somebody on a pedestal because it's not fair. They can tumble down, they can hurt themselves. It's it's just not fair, and it doesn't make you. It, I'm, you're no no less than anybody else. The only difference is is experience. And the only way you gain experience is by doing it and by by putting yourself out there. And and don't be cocky about it. Don't be like, oh, I can do this. I can do this. But also don't be, um, uh, don't hesitate. To, you know, know your strength. Know yourself. Know what you're good at. Know what you need. That you don't know things like that. You're Jon Snow. That you know absolutely nothing. Um, but you know, be humble and stay humble, and just be curious about everything. And that that's so important, so important. So when it comes to our communities, I'm like, you know, you might have won an award, yeah. And you're just dropping the truth bombs right here. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it doesn't say anything. The only thing that speaks is your art. And all those awards and, and stuff like that. That's just ego. It's fun. Sure. It's fun to win something. I would like to win. I've won something. Not a lot. I've won something. <laughs> but in the end, it's about the art. I mean, it, that's, that's what you are going to be uh, remembered for, I think. It's about the art you create. And... Um, uh how much you help others i think the community i mean i mean you're only as good as the community you help build so if you're a shit person your community will will be shit as well you know oh that's good for me the realization came when i i just you know decided that as an artist you're never done learning every single day crawl behind your desktop like behind your 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 laptop or your your ipad or your uh your canvas that's the day you're going to learn and if you think that you're done learning and you're only 30 years old that's going to be a tough 50 more years of life <laughs> yes. 
So for me, it's, it's I, I actively try to seek out new ideas and, and, and new uh, new information. And I, I just, you know, I realized that I've, I don't know anything. I know, don't know anything. And I'm not a master of my, uh, my tools. I'm not a master of my medium. There's every, every single day I learn new th- tricks with watercolors. And mm. when I start using oils, I can adapt my technique of my watercolors into my oils and vice versa. And it's so wonderful, but it's, it's, it's such a good thing to just realize that you're never done learning. And yeah, you are like Jon Snow. You know absolutely fuck all. So, you know, it's really simple. It's really simple. What's something that um, your parents intentionally or maybe unintentionally did that you felt impacted you positively as a child? They never held me back. So um, at the age of seven, when I was asked by a teacher, what do you want to do when you grow up? I told them I want to be an artist. And my parents always knew. And nobody tried to change my mind. It was just, hey, you want to be this? Or just work for it. Um, so there was, well, you know, I, I, I had some side, like I had some plan B and plan C. You know, I wanted to, to be a dolphin trainer or um, an archaeologist. But when I, you know, I fell out of love with dolphins, there's a phase in your life as a girl when you either horses or dolphins a dolphin girl and after a while I was just yeah I'm over it so I didn't want to be a dolphin a trainer anymore and then archaeologist I realized that it wasn't going to be like Indiana Jones oh darn it so yeah I and and now I'm as an artist I can I, I can work with creatures I design creatures I can you know you create all these wonderful beasts and then I can dive into history and archaeology without you know digging in the sand and and in the blistering heat so i have all the best things all these yes essential jobs brilliant without any of the you know because i do not really want to see myself in one of those skin tight um scuba gear outfits that dolphin trainers wear Oh snap. I love it. That's so cool. So by, so by not holding you back, so I'm thinking about this from like a parent perspective with a kiddo who wants to go into music. Did they, um, really like, uh, actively get you art lessons and were they really involved or was it more so like you do your thing, we support you, but it's really up to you to make it happen. What was the method that they used? The, the tricky thing is, it's a part of my childhood. I didn't live at home because mm. of my. Dad. Mm. So I was raised partially by um, uh, in 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 a group home um, because I because of my disability I needed, needed care. Um, but I I was put into uh, advanced classes for art because at age eleven twelve I was already further along than my 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 um how do you call that like your your age group peers, yeah, uh, kids totally. in my age, yeah, my peers 
Um, and it was just boring for me because they were doing stuff that I'd done when I was seven. Um, so I was put into an advanced class for grown-ups. And so I had my first nude model at age of 12. And that was interesting because I was in a wheelchair. That's a certain height. And the first model was a male. So that was kind of awkward at first because, you know, high teacher, 12-year-old, giggle, giggle, giggle. Uh, but five minutes in and I was just drawing whatever I saw. And my parents never thought that was weird or not the place to be because it's not sexual. New drawing live drawings it's not sexual that's a this that's just a misconception from people who just don't understand what you're doing and uh so those things were where my parents just gave they had to green light those 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 things uh, with the home and stuff like that um so yeah they 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 helped me and um i was uh, i when i wanted to go to art school they obviously helped pay for tuition that was very expensive and uh, because of my condition I couldn't work but I did it all you did it yeah Yeah. that's awesome I love that thank you for sharing yeah it's always so interesting to hear people's journeys and how they're so different and um I love that they they were really supportive of what you just knew you needed to do that's awesome and here you are taking over the world. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What do you consider to be your biggest strength and also on the flip side, maybe your biggest like challenge or gr- something you consider to be a growth opportunity as a artist or in any other realm? I, I think they're tied into each other because my strength and my kryptonite are one and the same pretty much. Pretty much. Superman, I guess. Um, my my strength is definitely I'm not I, I'm not a quitter. I don't give up. Um, again, that's something I've learned through my past. And if somebody tells me no, I will make that no into a maybe, and that maybe will turn into a yes. Um, if I don't know something, I will try and and find a way to to act know it. Um, so I don't give up, and that's that's why I think I've gotten where I am. Um, I work, I work hard, and I set myself goals. But at the same time, my biggest, my kryptonite is my own self. I I tend to be my worst critic, and I get into in in my head really quickly, telling me that I can't do it. I'm I'm shit. Like I I forgot. Overnight, I completely forgot how to paint. You know, that's just that happens. Uh, completely forgot how to paint, and then why are people doing this? Uh, so I definitely have a bad case of uh, imposter syndrome. Something I should hear because other people are better than I am. So that's that's definitely my. So it's all in me. The one side of me that says never to give up and the other side is is that little devil saying yeah you better give up so that's 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 um that's a a bit of a battle sometimes but luckily the one saying never give up always wins it's it's good stuff i've every time i've heard you talk about imposter syndrome i 
absolutely love what you say about sort of the, the little demon friend yeah. <laughs> telling yeah. him to go sit over in the yeah. corner. Yeah, that's when you identify um, that you have something like that, it's, it's coming from you and it's something that's there and it's valid because it's a feeling. And saying to others that, you know, ah, that, don't listen to it, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, that's, that's, it is there, it is valid, it is your feeling. Um, acknowledge it. And by, um, I always say, like, give it a name. Give that demon a name. Pull it out of those those dark shadows into the light, and you'll see it's just 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 this fluffy pink uh, monster that has multiple eyes, looks has googly eyes, and is is has an overbite, you know, all that stuff. It's just ridiculous. And if, as soon as you you're like, okay, you whine a bit, five minutes later, you're done. Okay, let's go, and and that's something actually do in my mind give myself that moment of oh I feel so bad about myself oh I can't do it I can't do it for five minutes and then I look at myself and it's like are you kidding me like have you not like what 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 can happen somebody doesn't like you well you know there's somebody won't like you I didn't never see them. Yeah, there's it. It's a continuous struggle sometimes, but it's knowing where your failings are and your shortcomings are, and just identifying them and and being okay with them. Doesn't have don't beat yourself up over it because you're a human and are not without flaws. And if that's your flaw, that's there's worse flaws to have. We can just look at our leaders. <laughs> look no I mean, further. Look oh, no further. So true. Could be worse. <laughs> Truth. I love that process because I feel a lot of people acknowledge that they do have imposter syndrome, but not a lot of people talk about how they process it and, and move through it, not past it or stuff it down. And so I absolutely love that. And um, I'll, I'll certainly be doing more of that in my life. I love it so much. Um, Accepting. Very important. Yes, absolutely. What is your favorite? Do you have a favorite hot beverage and a favorite cold beverage? <laughs> These are the hard-hitting questions. Oh, man, that's so... That's that's really... Like, my hot beverage, I'm, I'm, I'm ha I have to go with the seasonal um, hot chocolate with whipped cream and then some chili peppers in the chocolate and it has to be real cacao uh, and it has to be I, I, I make my hot chocolate with whole whole milk and then add a scoop of vanilla ice cream girl and whipped cream just mix mm. it all up vanilla extract in there a couple of pinches of chili pepper just heat that thing up girl and then top it off with more whipped cream and it's gonna be the best don't count calories they don't mind you don't have to wear that wetsuit just enjoy it so that's my beverage i think and it's you know thank god for fall it's coming again that's right that sounds amazing i love a little yeah. spice in my chocolate i'm gonna have to give it a shot oh man yeah. 
it's good. And then, you know, for my cold beverage, I love um, fresh ginger. So just ginger with tonic is really nice. And then, and if I'm, I'm at conventions and stuff like that and I'm partying in the evening, I love my Moscow mule is a must because i need to find out where in the world the best moscow meal is made period top, top priority super yep. important yes um are you do you consider yourself a night owl or an early bird i am an early bird yeah really? i i yeah i can't do nights i've never pulled an all, all-nighter ever just can't I really i i wake up like six 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 in the morning um and start work around seven, I think. Um, I love, I love it when the world is quiet. And of course, you can have that with the night as well. But I love the light. I love seeing the light come into the day. Like I love seeing the 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 colors in the sky. And I have skylights in my attic studio, which show me. The, the clouds passing by and the light and everything and there's there's some really nice clouds and I just like I said I I like to just sit there and just watch the clouds pass and then because I just I'm I'm too old for late nights I get really sleepy at eleven o'clock and I'm like no I need to go to bed so even even at conventions I'm like there's there's parties everywhere and I'm like you know how old I am. <laughs> So I'm always happy that, like, I have the excuse of, oh, I have a jet lag. So I can oh, just go man. badge out. Oh, yes. I'm one of those people that has to have sleep. And I yeah. that resonates with me, girl. I feel you. Yeah, especially when you're at conventions and, and I'm, I, have, I have to be on stage or doing work. Yeah. I, like, people are paying to see you talk or doing a demo. People are paying for that. And you have to respect that. So they're paying for me to be there. Um, and I want to bring, give them everything I can within the time and, you know, the boundaries there are. Um, and I find that really important. So out of respect for, for people who are paying for, for this, I, I want to be okay with that. I'm not being hungover or whatever. Uh, be a professional, even though I might, sound like a weirdo <laughs> and and act weird um there's there's things i find really important and that and when i'm working at a convention i'm working and i have to be mm. yeah, for people. i have so much respect for that that's awesome i love how much you incorporate nature into your work um did you spend a lot of time in the woods as a child and it sounds like maybe no because there were some health issues at play but how is your relationship with nature? How was it then? How is it now? I'd love to hear more about that. So I, in my earlier uh, years, I grew up in an area that was really, um, there weren't a lot of people around. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I played outside when it was beautiful weather, played outside all the time, uh, building uh, huts and, and, and climbing trees and catching tadpoles and stuff like that. So I was always in nature. I was always playing um, certain pieces 
I've done, I've painted for Fairies of the Fold Lines have been directly um, inspired by some experiences I had. Um, uh, so, so there's definitely, it's been there all my life, um, that connection. And when I actually was in the disability home in, in, in out of, that was situated in a forest actually. So I opened my windows um, and I would see deer and, um, you know, all kinds of animals just running around. And that was inspiration for me as, as a kid. So, um, yeah, and I live really close by the sea. So I, I tend to just go out and just listen to the waves crash on the beach stuff like that so uh yeah nature is uh, a, a big source of inspiration but also it, it it charges me i mean that's why i'm really having a hard time with covid at the moment i haven't got the yeah it's not as easy to go out and enjoy um, that those moments and i i need to recharge i really need to recharge uh, so it's going to happen soon and it'll probably go on really early, like five in the morning when nobody's up. But it, it, I mean, that's a wonderful time to, to go for a forest walk because it, it tends to be a magical hour when, when the mist is just rolling across the path and the deer are just looking for places to hide because the humans are coming, you know. Um, so I tend to try and visit those places when there's least people the least people yeah that's brilliant we uh we live in washington state where there are mountains nearby and one thing i want my kids to uh learn to appreciate is nature and we don't yeah. live in the middle of the woods <laughs> so i'm so paranoid that they'll grow up without the deep love for nature that um i have but um i'm so grateful that that is something we have been able to still continue doing through COVID. Cause I mean, I, yes, you're so right. There's yeah, something there's so special about it. Then just to sit on a, on a rock in a street and just listen to the sounds of trees and, and what the creaking of the bark and the, 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 the branches and the, the, the rustle of the leaves. It's like music. And um, yeah, I, I need that. I definitely, yeah, that's my holiday <laughs> good for the soul yeah i'll be sending all the good vibes your way hoping you get some of that soon that's oh, thank you what's an assumption that people often make about you that you wish you could wave a magic wand and correct oh man i don't really know because I, I'm 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 a bit of a class clown. I think I'm I'm a bit of a fool. I was born on April first. Come on, I was born. April you gotta so live yeah, up to it. <laughs> I live up to it, and I I think I I love just to make people laugh and and, and don't I take myself serious, but not too serious. And maybe that's it. I people think that I'm an idiot, maybe. <laughs> Oh, no. I feel like you, and I, of course, don't know you well, I've spent very little time. I feel like you're such an open person that what yeah. you see is what you get. And, and maybe people don't make, a, you know, false assumptions about you because you are so open and, and approachable. Who knows? 
I, I don't, well, if people have assumptions, please drop them in the comments. <laughs> I'd, love to see, I'd love to read them. Oh, I love <laughs> so it I so much. Future reference, but no, yeah, I, I, I haven't got a clue. Um, I, like you said, um, there's nothing I shy away of talking about because I, there's no shame. <laughs> no shame. Um, yeah, there's, there's nothing really. Uh, I, I find difficult to talk about because I I feel that being open about certain difficult things in life is very important because you might able be able to help somebody who is dealing with a similar thing. And mm. it's so good to know that you're not alone. But if we all keep our mouths shut about imposter syndrome, about all these fears we're having, it, nobody never, ever you know gets to work on it and especially um things like imposter syndrome it's so important to talk about it because it doesn't matter how far you are in your career i've heard many great artists talk about this and saying this to me when i talk to them like oh yeah i have the same feeling and i'm like why don't you say that out loud in front of people because you could help that 20 year old artist in training uh, because knowing you're not alone is half the battle that's so important so yeah I I tend to be open about a lot and sometimes it's a bit too open maybe <laughs> but yeah there's, oh, I, there's, I think it's important to, to share um, things like that it's, and it could change somebody's life in a way that, you know, we'll never even know. Even if it just impacts one person, would, would help them not having to go through pain or suffering or uh, mental suffering. I mean, um, as I went through, um, that would, you know, that's a win. Absolutely. Girl. So, hurt I'm waving my hanky over here absolutely <laughs> what is a place on your bucket list that you haven't visited yet oh I haven't visited so many uh areas like I would love to see Kamchatka in Russia but you know Japan has also been on my bucket list forever basically any place that has a deep like deep-rooted folklore or or folk tales I love hearing folktales or, or the legends from areas. Um, it's why I enjoy going to Britain or Scotland or, you know, that Cornwall, Cornwall, uh, Devon, uh, those areas. Every single stone has a story almost. There's, there's magic everywhere. And I love that, that people tell stories to, to, People tell stories, period, and we we're we're forgetting that. Like, in in folk tales are so important, and um, I think um, a lot of the culture is is captured in those those stories. And it's it I just like to collect them, and I like to travel any place that has deep rooted stories. So, and they. <laughs> Some places do a better job of hanging on to them and passing them down than others. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, it's um, I see it in the Netherlands. Certain things are just dying out. 
uh, like dialects are dying out but and 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 storytelling is dying out and it's so sad because there's uh, that's wealth or that that's really our culture uh, and we should protect that and we should well protect in a way that you should pass it on and invite to to you invite people in and and to to listen to it and just to take it and and, and um enjoy it what's one big thing that you want everybody to feel when they interact with iris what's the i guess the one big idea always on your mind that you want everyone to feel i guess i could probably guess what it is but <laughs> oh really <laughs> um i i would like to have you know to to make people happy or to give them something um like hope or or just just believe in themselves and and just go on and just create whatever they want because they want it um i I think that's one of the most important things i'd I'd like to instill in people like i've recently uh, created a a a video course for schoolism.com and um it's a workout don't worry you won't break a sweat like i don't like working out (laughs) well um it's basically just painting and um i'm not a teacher i i don't teach things like oh what's your composition and then and oh you know values this and values there's people that do this so much better than i will ever do uh, so there's no dry theoretical analytical thing happening, but it's just fun, pure fun of just creating. I love it. Yeah, just the flow. And for me, that's important with everything I do, I guess. We've already talked a little bit about how the COVID pandemic has affected your world and you've sort of been holed up in your studio a lot and doing a lot of things. Um have you found that it's affected your creativity or your flow at all? Yeah, definitely. Because um, when the pandemic hit, uh, I was just completely bogged down with deadlines with uh, for Dark Crystal. Uh, so, I, you know, the pandemic hit and I was just working, 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 working. So it completely passed me by. And then when I crawled out of my art cave, it was like, huh? The world has changed. So it was just, you know, that was weird. Um, but what, I don't think the pandemic as such has changed my workflow because that was already um, when I only went out when I go to conventions, basically, and those got cancelled, of course. But, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely... Um, uh, I felt that there's what hit me most was social media and the environment that we create on social media. There's a lot of anger and frustration, which I totally understand, but it feeds you and it feeds that part of your brain and it just brings you down. Um, so I had to actively, because you're continuously looking for news of what's happening, what's happening, and, and you're, I'm worried about my friends. I'm worried about people around the world. Like, uh, how are they coping? Why aren't we hearing something about what's happening in Africa, for instance? There's, there's so much happening, and uh, you try to keep up with everything. And then 
it's all doom and gloom. And um, that gets to you. And so I, I had to actively just put that aside, which is difficult because you know social media as an artist is is your outlet is your 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 gateway to your your the people that like to see your art um but i've definitely gotten less active on social media because it's just i need to curate my my intake <laughs> and you know uh, that's a great reminder it it does it does take a toll it and it, it, you know, if you're you're um, already struggling with things, uh, it can get you really, really down, really, really fast, and it's not worth it. So sometimes I need a reminder of, okay, step away from that phone. It has affected me, but uh, instead of beating myself up about it, I'm just okay. This is happening. This is a big thing. Our world has changed. Um, we don't know what's going to happen and when things will change again. Um, so normally changes are gradual and this change was very overnight uh, and quick. So from what was supposed to be my biggest convention year of <laughs> ever, <laughs> it changed overnight. Like I had the work, I had to teach workshops and stuff like that and nothing happened. And that was just like, Oh, and even, you know, my, my fairies book would have been released on September, in September, like actually yesterday. Oh, girl. I think it was yesterday. Or not like, I, in, anyway, it would have re been released this month. Uh, but because of COVID, we decided to uh, postpone the release just because, um, you know, yeah. distribution, yeah. Uh, printing thing is impacted so absolutely have you guys selected a date yet or should we just stay tuned and june 21st midsummer night all right so that's the the time the fairies fly again <laughs> and I'm, I'm to make it really really special i'm 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 thinking up really special things for the launch and uh, it is fun because i actually think it's better now because the original kickstarter released on 21st of June in 2017. The, yeah, the book is going to be re-released re four years later. That's so awesome. Dang, yeah. girl. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to be camping out for that one. I love it. That's so exciting. Um, I love, I think I mentioned this a little bit earlier, I love that you had clarity from a young age that you loved art and you wanted to be an artist. And of course, the dolphins and the archaeology, you know, <laughs> little side flings. <laughs> but but um, I also love that I've heard, you know, your path wasn't so linear in terms of going straight into art and being successful. You, you know, you worked a day job for a while. Uh, for those who haven't heard it, I would love to hear your story again, um, if you don't mind sharing it, just kind of how you've gotten to where you are today. Yeah, um, well, I, I did study art uh, at uh, art school in the Netherlands, um, but they didn't, like, fantasy art wasn't really seen or perceived as art in the Netherlands. And uh, it's like, eh, you know, you can't make a living out of that. Okay. Um, I, this is like, I, I didn't have a computer 
until I actually went to art school. I was 18 and I got my first computer. So people, <laughs> I was, I'm old. <laughs> just, not true. Just, just keep it at that. Um, but uh, I decided just, okay, I need a job um, that pays the bills and um, I, I'll, which I'll like and um, has me creative thinking, thinking creatively uh, and on the side, I can do whatever I want without anybody telling me what I should or shouldn't do. So I studied graphic design and I actually love that I have studied graphic design and I've worked as a graphic designer for 16 years and I designed books and I designed, you know, I even worked for the Pope. Let's just, I, I, the complete uh, exhibition uh, exhibition of the um, treasures of the Pope. That was the first time they they were out of the Vatican and except, exhibited in a uh, wow. museum. And all the the flyers, the posters, the book, everything. I did that. I I'm like, mean, yeah. yeah, and it had to be sent to the Vatican to be um, okay. Reviewed. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I'm <laughs> Oh. <laughs> did you work at a creative agency or yeah i worked in a um for a boss a couple of years like 16 years um so yeah it was it was fun and i learned so much and that's how i now can design my own book i know what i want i can talk to printers i know exactly what i'm talking about i can work all the programs that you should use for the, you know, printers don't, printers don't get to tell me what, what I can't, can and can't do. You know, I know what I can do. <laughs> I know what books can do. Uh, so that's, that's really good. And it's easy because I can design my, 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 my uh, branding easily. And it's just, Oh, I need a new business card. Oh, <laughs> often so. new business boom um so it's easy um but yeah i at at art school i didn't really draw like i i stopped painting pretty much um because it was just frowned upon what i was doing and i think i've uh gotten back to to painting fantasy when i was working my day job and just just because i really wanted to and back then you had the site elfwood um, I'm not sure how many people rem remember. Really cool. Um, and uh, started putting up artwork and, and, and getting comments and stuff and really enjoyed it. And uh, I, I shared some of those artworks in the, the Twitch stream with Lois. And it's like, oh, it's really bad. But, you know, you have to start somewhere. And um from then on, I just started mailing people like, "Hey, you have a magazine? Can can I work for you?" And uh, slowly but surely, little jobs came in, like little illustrations, and um, I tried everything. Like I I didn't know what I wanted to do. Pretty much, I wanted to create art, but what that meant, I I didn't really know. So I did uh, children's books, children's picture books and stuff like that and uh, quickly discovered that wasn't really my cup of tea. I was very badly paid and by, besides. Um, so I was like, nah, I can't, I'm not doing this. Um, so I had all these these 
nah, detours. And in 2011, I went to uh, Iloxcon. Um, that was in Altoona, I think, in Pennsylvania. Uh, and that was the eye-opener for me in 2011. I saw things that I wanted to do. It's like, that's that's what I want to do. And I, had, um, I had just lost my father. And two months later, I well, a couple of months later, I I flew to um, uh, to uh, Ilexcon, and I I didn't have I mean I was depressed, uh, burnt out by work, depressed by the death of my father, and I just didn't have any work, recent work with me, just you know sketches, a lot of sketches, and when um, uh, a couple of artists that I really admire, Boris Vallejo and uh, Gary Lippincott, just scroll through my artwork, just page after page. And the only thing Gary said was, damn. He pointed at something and said, damn. And that was just, you know, I was like, this is all I need. And for me, that was the, yeah, that was my moment of waking up like waking up out of that depression, out of that burnout, like, okay, I need to change my life right now. And um, yeah, I, I, I decided to, I was, back then I was married um, and I changed that. <laughs> changed up. <laughs> you know, my, my path just changed in, oh, I really decided, okay, I, I need to do this differently. And I started to work really hard, um, but I was continuously hitting walls. Working, I wasn't going like I, I wasn't hitting the right mark. I tried too hard to fit in 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 what I thought people wanted to see. You know what I saw in annuals, in Spectrum, and stuff like that. And okay, well, I have to do that. I have to do digital. I hate digital. I absolutely hate it. I can see digital and they're they're wizards. They're amazing. And I'll, I love, it's just a medium. It's just like any anything. Absolutely. For me, personally, I, I don't have the connection. I continue. You should hear me in my head when I do digital. It's like, fuck, fuck, fuck. No, no. <laughs> you have to breathe all of this out. But that's basically my mindset when I do digital. It's just there's no connection and I don't like it. And I thought I had to do it because that's what I saw the popular people do. And it just didn't work. And then, again, burnout, um, uh, my, my, my wrist became a problem. I was overworked. I couldn't work anymore. couldn't hold a pencil. I was like, yeah, you know, I hate art. And that was 2016 when I like told me, like, I, I don't want to hate art. Like, where's that fun? Where's that little girl that really enjoyed painting and drawing and, and doing whatever without, you know, trying to fit in? And I decided, you know what? I have a job. I can pay my bills. Um, I'm okay. I'm happy. I'm reasonably healthy. Um, I can do whatever I like. Let's just make art my my fun thing again. Let's make art for me again and not fit in. And the moment that I decided to do that is the moment that 
everything changed, like everything changed. So 2011 was the realization of, okay, this is what I want to do. And then 2016 was the realization, like, okay, I'm on the right track, but I haven't found my my calling yet. And um, I started doing daily sketches just for me, doing uh, mermaids for uh, the hashtag mermaid. Mermaid, yeah telling stories and the only thing I wanted to do is just create one sketch a day not even a finished piece because I, I I don't like doing hashtags challenges because they put too much uh, weight and strain and stress on on your shoulders sometimes for a perfect piece and I'm like I I don't set out to create perfection ever I do my best and you know that's that's all I want. I I want to create the best piece possible. When I'm for a client, I'm I'm I create the best piece possible. Um, but when I'm I'm just doing my own thing, it's I'm I'm creating for the the fun of creating. And I don't really care what comes out of it. Really. <laughs> yes. You know, sometimes it's like ah, you missed the boat there, <laughs> and other times it's like oh, this this is really cool and sometimes I don't even know what I've done and a couple of years later I look back in my sketchbook and like oh that's kind of cool I should actually paint that you know that's that's the fun thing about sketching um but I've completely sidetracked I'm sorry I know I love it um, <laughs> but yeah that, that the moment I stopped trying to fit in and the moment I stopped trying to sound like everybody else or visually sound like people I saw, that's the moment I found my own comfort comfort zone or my own voice. Um, and I think my style is still evolving and, and I don't think a style, an artist style, is something that is always the same. It's, it's, it's always, it's fluid. It's like, it, it mm-hmm. is it changes with everything you do and with every person you meet and with every um, uh, artist art you get um, in touch with or whatever. Um, but that was the seed, I think. And I, I discovered that I really wanted to tell my stories and, you know, mermaid changed into June Fay, And here I was vowing never to draw fairies. Drawing fairies, like that's you know, when in the Netherlands you say you're a fantasy artist, people say, oh, you draw fairies. They get this twinkle in their eyes, and they're, they 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 change their face changes into this weird grimace of, of themselves, and it's like, oh, you draw fairies, and I also, oh, I don't draw fairies. I draw dragons and monsters and blah blah blah, because people have such a warped version vision of what fairies are and for me fairies are nature uh, nature is yeah, yeah they're everything like mother nature but it's it's scary and beautiful and i mean you've had the fires or still have the fires in that part of uh, america and you see those fire nados it's absolutely beautiful but absolutely terrifying so it's both. So it's beautiful and ugly and, and terrifying and all kinds of nasty. 
Uh, and for me, that's that's nature, that's fairies, that's spirits. Um, so there's no good or bad. There's no right or wrong. Um, it is up to the interpretation of the people looking at it. Um, so that's a sidetrack. That's of, good. That's a good sidetrack. <laughs> you know, fairies, and I started doing all these fairies, and they kept coming and kept stories kept flowing and people asked me well you know what's next I'm like well let's make a book I think and here I was setting out to create a book called it fairies of the fault lines thought thought hey why not ask Brian to uh, write or if he would want to write an intro for me He's like, yes I will I'm like, oh, yeah. and I never thought that people would want to have that book and I was like okay let's let's make 300 maybe I'll sell 300 I'll, I'll buy five 500 so I can sell 200 more in the coming years and I launched a campaign on Kickstarter just you know freaking out June 21st um hit that button and within the first 48 hour 48 minutes or after launch I was fully funded that is unbelievable incredible I I couldn't I couldn't I I just couldn't I still can't I I mean I still can't believe that that happened um I was still posting on social media when friends just called me like and I I just ran downstairs like (laughs) why I couldn't talk. I couldn't talk. <laughs> you know, all these, that was 30 days of my life that was just in complete days. All of a sudden, on a Sunday evening, I was chatting with Guillermo del Toro on Twitter because he wanted, he backed the campaign and wanted an original. And I was chatting with Guillermo del Toro, as you do. <laughs> and oh. I was almost, Oh, he's. I'm one person away from Tom Hiddleston now. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what's important. I right mean, there. That's, that's <laughs> he has the phone number. Of Tom did Hiddleston. you ever find out how Guillermo uh, found it? Like, did a friend share it with him? Did he just stumble on it somewhere? Like, no. Guillermo um, messaged me. I think a year before that. Ah, oh, gotcha. He on Twitter. Three words. Your art is great. No, four <gasps> words. Sorry. Your art is great. That was everything he said. And I was like, the thing is, I was, I had had a party the evening before, had a little bit too much to drink. I was a bit hungover. I was just not feeling it. And I opened my Twitter and I saw a message. And you know, you get DMs quite often, and they're oftentimes not as funny, or you know, you get weird pictures we all know it every woman knows this and you're no I've got a dm and I open that up still groggy and I'm like huh (laughs) I stare at my phone and I'm like huh and I what and I'm like so yeah um and and I I just People said to me, like, guy, you should um, let him know that you want to work for him and blah, blah, blah. And like, yeah, it doesn't feel right to do so. I, I, I mean, everybody wants to work for him, period. I don't have to tell that. So I just thanked him for his compliment and thanked him for his movies. 
um, because he's one of the greatest storytellers around. I think. Um, and it, you know, that's it. And then uh, when my campaign uh, hit, I, I just thought, well, you know, I'll just ask him if he'd be interested in retweeting it. And I did, and he retweeted it, and he backed the campaign immediately. Um, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. That's amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and and that's one of those things. You Don't be afraid to ask. Mm. Don't be afraid to ask. I asked if Brian would want to write my intro. Um, people ask me, how did you get him to do that? I asked. I mean, I sent an, an, an email. I explained what I was doing. He knew my art. Uh, I've spoken. I had spoken to Wendy. Um, you know, be be humble, but respectful, and ask. Or they can say no or say yes. I mean, there's so many things. There's it's there's no sense in having a regret of not doing something. So if it's if it's something that doesn't hurt anybody, doesn't you're not asking for money, you're not asking for a lot, you're just asking a certain thing and um um yeah, you'd be sensible about that. And if people like it, I mean I, I do think that um I get asked to to retweet things and stuff like that, but I I do have to be careful. Uh, I mean, it has to be something that I would like to, you know, be part of. Uh, can't Absolutely. do. Uh, you have to curate something. <laughs> yeah, of course. And I think it's so interesting that the folks that that you know partnered with you on this had already expressed their appreciation for your work, and so you already, you know, you knew that you'd already put in the work and you, you'd created something yeah. beautiful. That's so cool. I, I love yeah. it. And if all they could do is say no, which is, yeah, fine. No harm done. I don't feel rejected. I cry in my bed and, and sob and think the world has come to an end because they said no. No, it's just they don't go, yeah, you know, it's that easy. Awesome. That's good stuff. You have such a distinct, gorgeous style. Um, I, I'm obsessed with it. One thing that I often think about, um, and I'm sure um, it may even be in your fairy workout course, is how do you approach anatomy when creating creatures that don't exist? And so it's not like you can have super strong reference material. Do you just have a lot of different reference materials? Do you just create from your mind because you've practiced so long how does that usually work when you're creating a creature that's doesn't exist um well you say they don't exist they do exist mm. i mean because mm. there's a spark somewhere you see something in nature and it sparks something in your mind so they mm. exist because it's there you're right i stand and corrected Mine <laughs> just fills in the blanks so yeah there is there's an they exist uh, you just have to look at things differently. And how do you create these? Is um, draw, draw a lot, draw often, make a lot of mistakes, like a lot of mistakes. But it's so important to physically do the work of drawing and sketching. Um, it's it's all about building, and that's definitely what I touch upon in my workout as well. It's definitely about building that visual library. Um, 
you become better by doing things. You become better at riding your bicycle is by actually going out and riding that bicycle. Or you become better at pushing weights, lifting weights, by going to the gym and lift those weights. You can't expect to draw all these creatures from day one. You have to train that. You have to train your brain um, to, you know, make the connections, connect the dots. Uh, and see the, the stories, uh, and 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 that I think that's very important to just try and and train yourself to uh, see something extraordinary in the ordinary, and mm. and I've always my Fairies of Falklands book is definitely it's 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 a different book in a sense that I am not a writer although there are stories in there but I give a little bit of a hint of a story. I don't tell the whole story. I just give you enough information so your brain takes over, your imagination takes over, and you are the one just using that as a guide into the fold lines. So that's what I find very important in, in everything I do. Is I just I don't want to to create perfect art because perfection is boring and it's closed you you look at and perfect perfect image it's beautiful it's technically beautiful but it's it's closed you're a spectator and you know that's boring to me i want to be part of the artwork i want the artist to leave something up to my imagination to see something different in something and that's why you know what i said about it's not good it's not bad it's not evil or or wicked or completely wonderful and pink and peddly and whatever um every single spectator of every single um viewer will see something different and has a, a different story so it's all about um oh, training that training where knowing when to um when to stop putting your own story into it if that makes any sense at all <laughs> I, I think it's it's i i i want to be part of the art as a spec as a viewer and uh same with with my own art and and if you want to create creatures like this you have to have the knowledge of, of the you know the visual library and the only way to to do that is by actually going out and sketching and doing a lot of sketching um and try to to change things because that girl that's yeah. good <laughs> i just I, mean, I i love how organic all of your stuff feels it feels so real and I, I'm just in awe. So thank you for sharing that. And um, I love the bit about got to put in the work and it needs to feel, get to the place where it feels natural. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. There's so, so many people ask me when, when do you know it's finished? And, you know, um, I've had a discussion about uh, people fighting their art and I never, you know, as soon as I stop fighting my art, um, I know it's going to be doomed because, for me, art is creating art is like a conversation. It's like a, dis, like a conversation between myself, my subject, um, the paper, the pencil, the pe paintbrushes, 
the, the, the pigments, everything is working together to create something that has never been. And you have to listen and, and, and see what happens. So sometimes you have an idea um, and it does, just doesn't work on paper. And you have to be willing and able to react to what's happening on the page. So especially when it's, it's watercolors, for instance, something happens and you have to react to that at the moment it's happening. And, um, if I would scrap every single piece, <laughs> that would doesn't work out the way I envisioned it at first. I would have zero pieces. <laughs> True. That's that. Yes. Oh, um, that's the real stuff right there. Yeah, it, it's it's um it's it's just very organic, and uh, I it's like yeah, it's a, like a relationship almost, like making love. You have to react to what's happening and what your partner likes or dislikes and stuff like that, um, and it makes it really weird to 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 to, to um, make this comparison. But I think it's 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 very much like if you have to fight your piece, it's like a relationship where you are fighting. It's mm. not gonna work, and you'll hate the piece eventually because it's been a struggle, and it will be forever tainted by that struggle at least that's in my eyes I've and never heard it put that way and that and that resonates and makes so much sense yeah it's it, that's just how I feel um some people will feel completely different which is totally fine <laughs> this works for me and I found that this works for me and I'm okay with that and that means that sometimes you know I'm working for a client I'm working for Wizards of the Coast for instance doing a magic card and then I'll finish it and I'm like yeah I'm not feeling it and I'll I'll, I'll paint it again uh, you know I don't mind and that's that's the only downside of being traditional artist. You have to start over. <laughs> Darn it! <laughs> Control Z. Oh, There's man. no go back. A couple of Strokes. pieces. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh snap! I love that. Um, in your creative journey, you've had um, some opportunity to do some creative partnership, even if it's having someone write the forward to your book or what have you. Um, what are some, when it does come to partnering with anyone on a project, are there ever any uh, red flags or green lights that you look for when it, when you're sort yeah. of scoping out a project? Yeah. Um, so for me, I am in the position there where I, 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 I live quite um, sparse. Like I don't buy a lot or I don't go out a lot or do I, don't do very expensive things so I can save up money. Um, so I don't have to take on every single job there is. Um, so I don't take on jobs that are not in my, in my alley. So I, I, you know, I, no matter how much money they wave at me, if I don't feel comfortable doing it, I won't do it. Uh, if I it doesn't have to be that I don't feel comfortable it can also be that I feel that I'm not the right artist for it um, and I would gladly just refer somebody to a friend of mine um, because I feel that I take clients serious as well and and they they deserve the best possible uh, artwork for their uh, job um, 
And when it's something for myself, for four hours of the fault lines, I'm definitely very, very <laughs> protective about fairies of the fault lines because that's so true to myself. And so that's basically my soul. So it's um, I'm very, very protective about that. And I had... I was in talks with uh, with certain people and they wanted to change the story of the whole idea of the fairies of the fault lines. And it just made me physically, physical ill. Um, I, I, names, I, I couldn't, I couldn't even. Um, so for me, it's very important that the publisher I'm working with now, um, I of nude books, um, are people who understand what I'm trying to do, who understand the idea of the book, who understand that I don't want a soft cover that's, you know, going to be $15 or whatever uh, and just pushed out. and, 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 and it, Because it's not about, it's not about the money. It's about the quality. It's about the product. It's about giving people a book that they will love forever and have on their mantelpiece, like in their bookshelves and give to their kids or whatever that they love. And um, my publisher understands that. My publisher understands that I'd rather, you know, take less money, um, but create a book that's more beautiful. Because it's, um, it's important yeah you know to have something that is and i i don't yeah know things like um yeah for, for me that's important the most important thing is to have partners that understand what i'm doing and understand that i don't really give a crap about money <laughs> yes it's easy but i i live comfortably um i'm happy with what i have of course love to go travel more don't love to be able to buy a house in the middle of the forest but i can't because i haven't got the money for it but you know there's worse things there's people that have less than i have so no i just want the best arts and the best platform and with respect for the fairies and respect for the people who buy it you take the story craft and the quality so seriously and i think that's so beautiful What's the biggest mistake you've made in your career that, that you feel comfortable sharing and how did it impact you for the better? Oh, I make mistakes every single day. <laughs> and there's, 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 you know, I don't know if I have a, the biggest mistake. Um, I, you know, I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of detours and I made a lot of, I, I see the whole um, art adventure I'm on as this one big labyrinth I'm in and I take the wrong turn sometimes and hit a big brick wall and I have to retrace my steps and you know try different routes to get to the center of the labyrinth um, within the 13 hours and linking uh, but uh, so so are those mistakes like are my children's books mistakes no they're not mistakes. They're just detours, and they. I, I used. Them. I now know that I don't like creating those. Um. So yeah, I. I don't think I have a big. Maybe that I'm too outspoken sometimes. So it's. <laughs> it's less professional, perhaps, that I should shut my mouth. 
more often and just, you know, maybe not say certain things in a professional environment and tick off people. But sometimes things have to be said anyway and somebody has to say them. And if that makes me, it, I, I, if I've been blacklisted in the Netherlands by a certain, you know, by some people. <laughs> I love but, your commitment to honesty and realness. And I love that you celebrate the little mistakes along the way yep. and you normalize it. I think that's incredible. I, I think we, we all have a... Um, a weird connection with our mistakes and and I think it's society saying that mistakes are to be feared or uh, be be um, it, yeah you should feel bad about them I'm not sure how you, you would say this but for me mistakes I I learn more from my mistakes than from my successes but because successes are oftentimes just oh oh that happened you know <laughs> yes and I, like, I, I don't like it when people say to me, like, oh, you've been so lucky. And I'm like, no, luck is finding a $10 uh, note on the, on, on, on outside, on the sidewalk. That's luck. Um, luck is winning the lottery. That's luck. Because you really hadn't have nothing to do with it. Um, but be in the right place at the right time. And... Um, in, in art, I think you create your own luck. Yes, you have to, to go out, physically out, and, and, and you know, be there. Um, and I've, I've definitely um, created my own, my own luck by, by saving up a lot of money and denying myself a lot in order to go to the U.S. to conventions and spend two, three thousand euros to actually go there. I couldn't do anything for the rest of the year because that was all the money I had. But I, I did it. I, I networked and I I met with people who five years later are working with me. But you have to go out and do it. And just nobody is going to hand you, oh, I like your eyes. You have such beautiful blue eyes. Here's a job for you. What? <laughs> Not models, you know? <laughs> it's it's not like that um so yeah it's it's you have to go out and have to to do it do it yourself and make mistakes and fall flat on your face and get up again and it's it's it, it always baffles me that everybody's always so okay with everything you have to learn in life like you have to learn to read you have to learn to ride a bicycle you have to learn to walk and blah 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 and all the, those mistakes you make and all those things are perfectly fine. But when it comes to this, you can't make mistakes and no, have mistakes to be allowed. It's <laughs> a great point. That's oh just my goodness. Just fall and just, you know, understand that you have to do it differently. Mm. That's good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then in today's Instagram culture, I noticed my kids um, oh, live so in a world where they only see perfection, you know, mm -hmm. uh, um, in so many places. And so that's something we've had to learn together is, oh, they met, they probably so, messed up 50 times before they got it right. <laughs> because nobody talks about those mm -hmm. failures beforehand. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's important to show the failures as well. Uh, mm -hmm. And, um, 
like I did with the the Twitch stream with with Lois, I showed my what I felt were uh, my 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 fuck ups and my um, cringe worthy moments. Other people were saying, "No, oh, this is gorgeous." On blah blah. Well, thank you for that. But I felt that this. So don't diminish my idea. I'm not fishing for compliments here because I I I love that I that you like it. But me, I myself weren't happy with it. Um, so yeah, that's that's also definitely something. Like there's there's we talked about being humble and you know, hum, uh, being the uh, hum, humility about it. Um, there's no, it has to be ser- like serious or um, how do you call that? Um, no, no f- false. Hum- don't be falsely no humble. False humility. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so when I say that, okay, this that didn't work out. Like I still sometimes post my failures and say like, ah, I didn't really, didn't really work out. And people are so nice. They're like, oh, I really love it anyway. Blah blah blah, which is great. But I'm not fishing for compliments. <laughs> I, I'm just being honest. It didn't work out. But I don't mind it didn't work out because I now know what to do. And that's the same when I repaint a, a magic card. I know where I went wrong so I can do it quick, more quickly than the first time. So I can do it half the time and create a better card. So it's, it's, it's just an elaborate color sketch. You know, so it's all a matter of perspective, and it's just accepting. Okay, I made a I made a mistake. I fucked up. Okay, let's own up to it. Don't beat yourself up about it. It's, I mean, it's, nobody died. Where luckily we don't have a job where people are dying. If if a surgeon did this, then it's like okay, this is a problem. <laughs> Safely fuck up. <laughs> but in art. It's okay. That's yeah. such a great perspective. Uh, what is something that you find yourself, and, and you've alluded to some of these, but find yourself reminding young artists might not even be the right term, just uh, maybe amateur artists, artists who are getting into the field and trying to learn and become a better artist. What is something that you find yourself returning to over and over and reminding them about? Well, the, there's obviously the the one about the mistakes, embrace your mistakes and Learn from them, don't shy away them from them. Um, but I get a lot of people asking me, um, sending me DMs, everything. I want to be where you are right now. How do I do it? Mm-hmm. And they think there's a cookie cutter answer. But, you know, there's not. Because my way might not work for you. Everybody has their own path. And everybody has their own way of, of evol- evolution as an artist. So there is not one answer. And um, I think people really should acknowledge and understand that being an artist is something that you are for life. It's not like you're going to be at your destination at the age of 30 are at your destination at the age of 30 it's going to be one very (laughs) because imagine having to work the same job every single day for 30 years that's what you're gonna do so um 
yeah what what my path is ha- doesn't have to be it's like it's like the age-old question what brush do you use or what you know there's no magic there's no magic brush it is about you the person holding the brush it's it's all these elements together so um I think most important for people is to realize that um, it's good to have a goal, but it's also very important to be mindful of all those side quests. Like, go back to the Witcher and do all those side quests because you never know what you're gonna. <laughs> find. Yes. So yeah, it's about having fun and and just enjoying every wrong turn and and side quest there is and. Because you might stumble upon something that you never thought that you'd like. I mean, maybe you like sculpting really a lot. Or you like baking cakes and making cake art, whatever. Uh, Or you decide to be, you know, I incorporate music in your art. Um, So that people just need to be more, you know the act of creation and the road is more important than the destination. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all the age old, like, Oh, vacation. You go out on, go on vacation and your vacation starts the moment you step out of, out, your, out, outside your door and go in, step in your car or on the plane. And that's the moment you are on holiday and not the moment you are in the hotel. Uh, every single part of your road is part of your um, yeah your evolution as an artist your journey. Um, so yeah, it's it's what works for me doesn't have to work for you. You have to try everything and um, be open to uh, to change your mind. And and you know it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to think oh. I always wanted to be an animator, but I actually hate being an animator. Should I? Yes, you should, because there's no sense in hating what you do. And especially when it if you like, if you hate hate what you do, it's time to do something different. And it's not you're not a failure for uh, finding out that what you thought you would want to do isn't what you want to do. It's not a failure. It's actually really good that you discover that this isn't your something. Because you don't want to be, and you don't want to be on your deathbed and think, Oh, I should have done this. (laughs) Like I don't have regrets. Don't have regrets. I mean, try everything. Mm. If it doesn't hurt anybody, if it, doesn't break your bank if you if you're not i mean if you're not a criminal or doing anything criminal for it I'm like okay well go for it if it's not hurting others or something else try it uncomfortable. be very uncomfortable doing it like try it just step out of that comfort zone because comfort zones my comfort zone is my bed that's my comfort zone <laughs> That's my, you know, that's my comfort zone. And uh, just step out and just try, 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 try. Yeah. Um, Speaking of trying, is there anything that you have your eye on in the future that you'd like to accomplish eventually that you haven't yet? 
Oh, there are so many, so many. I've got so many big dreams. Like, <laughs> I, want, I want to create an animation or a stop motion animation of Fairies of the Fold Lines. I definitely want that to happen. Uh, it's gonna happen. It will. Um, Guillermo, call me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, would love me. Um, but. You know, it, it was funny because at Lightbox last year, I was in a talk and people were asking me, "What, what was your, what's your next big thing?" Everybody's always wanting to know what your next big thing is. Oh, I need to think of a big thing, and I, you know, an amusement park of Fairies of the Fold lines—that's quite big. And I would, you know, it would be in a forest in Scotland, for instance, and we could do, you know. Can see this happen. Oh. I've already thought about all the snack snacks. I've to- thought about the snacks, the snacks first. I'm Very sorry. important part. <laughs> Very important for the part of the the whole um, experience. I hope but, there's going to be hot chocolate. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah special fairy, special fairy dust. Um, but big dream, big. There is no sense in dreaming small, like. I, I love just to dream big and all the rest is, is extra and um, crazy. I love thinking up crazy things and seeing how I can get there. And if I don't, I don't. But I have this goal and, uh, you know, what, whatever comes on my path is fun. That's amazing. I can't wait to see what happens. I love following your journey and oh, it's it's taken off. <laughs> and I'm already standing in line for your amusement park. Where do I? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you've got a seasonal ticket. No worry. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm giving away seasonal tickets these days. <laughs> Fictional seasonal tickets. Wouldn't that be fun though if it actually happens oh. and it's like, oh, we're, I'm claiming my seasonal ticket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that. I've got dreams and, um, it was fun at Lightbox because uh, I, I, I said that and I was signing later on and this lady came to me and she said, I heard you talk about this, uh, about a, a, an amusement park. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I might be able to help you there. And she shows this card of Disney Imagineers. What? <laughs> no way. <laughs> so amazing. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> The importance of saying it out loud. Yeah, you never know. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Oh, that'd be so cool. For people who don't follow you yet and support you on your journey, where do you prefer they do that? Patreon, Instagram, what's what's your what's your faves? Whatever they like. Um I've got my Instagram, uh, which is Iris Compete. Just you know. Um, and my patron, same Iris Compete. Um Patreon gets a little bit more behind the scenes and stuff like that, and uh, it's it's uh, you know I'd like to see that as my my friends family extended stuff. Um, come say hi. Let's do it. We're gonna Twitter, link to Twitter. it all in yep, the description. Link to everything. Make it and, easy. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Iris, you're a dream. This has been so amazing, <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs> I'm watching.